Today's guest, Lee Hirschberg, is the glue that connects designers and manufacturers. Lee is the CEO of Design Edge, which puts on events that put designers and manufacturers into a setting where they can talk one-on-one. Get ready to learn a lot about these great events, but also about Lee's ideas on creating great relationships between designers and vendors and his thoughts on the issues designers are facing right now. Well, Lee, thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you here. And um, I'd love to start off by just learning a little bit about what you do and your company, Design Edge. Mm, Well, first of all, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to be with you and your audience today. I very much appreciate that. Um, Design Edge, uh, you know, this was a concept that really was birthed out of my relationship with a lot of the uh, these leading brands and the owners and senior executives of these leading companies, most of which are in High Point, if not all, uh, and participate in the High Point home furnishings market. Um, we've we've evolved, and we have we're fortunate to have leading suppliers in the kitchen and bath industry as well. And I I think you know, I think that the the primary force behind this was based on my relationship with these, these owners and senior executives, it's like, okay, guys, what are we all missing that we need to fill the gap of to the best of our ability? And it was this kind of just um, just knowledge and, and awareness and, and realization that we're seeing a cross-section of leading designers and tastemakers throughout the country, but where are the rest of them? And how do we go take this group of manufacturers, because if this group of guys can't drive the industry, then who can? And let's take them around the country to go find the designers that we don't really see that much in High Point, certainly without any degree of frequency. But also in the development of it, we've realized that even the designers that do get a chance to come to High Point or any of the major markets and do have some level of engagement with these owners and or with these brands, they don't get the chance to engage the owners and senior executives and hear the story behind the brand. Mm-hmm. So Design Edge is this whole uh, really this platform that is designed to have a level of intimacy with the people and the leaders behind these leading brands so that the designers can feel seen, heard, acknowledged, and valued appropriately uh, because these owners and senior executives are loading up personally to come and engage them in every city we visit. So that's, uh, that's our why, you know, a different level of engagement. I love that. And how do you figure out what cities you're going to and um, and when and when these events are taking place? I know um, many of our listeners are familiar with High Point Market. I know that that's one of your partners. And um, I know that, you know, obviously we're always at High Point Market in the fall and the spring. And then there's Atlanta Market. There's Las Vegas Market. And so how do you choose where you're going and um, and when you're going throughout the year? So it's a perfect, perfect question. You know, the, 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 one of the things that I enjoy most about being in this position of being show organizer is it is so not about me. Um, my, whole, my whole role and privilege is bringing together leading brands and the leaders behind those brands with leading designers and tastemakers in the region. So aptly, it's the manufacturers that shared with me 
this, the 10 cities that they don't see the level of depth and representation of in High Point or any of the major markets. And it's like, Lee, we've got to go to these cities. And they even gave me a priority list that we kind of put values on and graded so that we have a cadence of how we're going to get to these cities. I wish it was it wasn't only two a year because we've got 10 cities to go to. So we've got a big, you know, line road ahead of us, but, you know, Boston was far and away. It was like, Lee, we've got to go to new England. We don't know where these guys go. And we see a fraction of them in high point and the Pacific Northwest they're on, they feel the design community there feels like they're on an Island and don't ever get any love, if you will, from the industry. So, you know, in, in, in the Midwest where we're going uh, to Chicago to see Wisconsin, you know, Michigan, Eastern Missouri, Indianapolis, and all of Illinois in three months or two months now it has a huge design community, but, and, and a good number go to high point, but not nearly representative of the scale of that, of that region. So, so we're on that we're on a rotation defined by the manufacturers. Lee, we got to go to these cities to see three to four hours out, and in this in this kind of uh, you know on the, on on this track on this um, schedule. Mm. So, as far as the designers that are coming to these, how are you picking the people that you're inviting to these events? Great question. You know, we've got a we've got a great group of partners that we work with and through beyond the individual searching that we have. But um, Lux Magazine has been a media partner of ours. Uh, you know, from Seattle, and they will be with us in Chicago. And I've had in previous dealings with the Las Vegas Design Center that I managed for a time, and a lot of history with them. So they're a great partner that is perfectly positioned because they have national content and then regionalize it. So we work closely with them. We work closely with uh, with the local uh, and regional chapters of ASID, the local and regional chapters of NKBA. And, um, you know, and then we we reach out to those different organizations that are locally based. Uh, you know, River, the River North Design District is a great resource for us in, in uh, Chicago. And um, and then local media that we engage in each of the cities. So we 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 come up with our own list. We use the resources of our partners, and then let's not forget the biggest resource, the sales reps that have uh, are especially interested in uh, seeing designers and and the idea that we're bringing the national, you know brand you know brand representatives and and ambassadors to talk about the story behind the brand to help support them in their local regional uh you know uh capacity and the trade showrooms that are there so collectively we get a really rich we get really rich insight into the designers that are the leaders in those regions that we reach out to and I make I make it a personal privilege and and uh, and priority to call every single one of the twelve hundred design firms in the Midwest because designers want to be seen, heard, feel, felt, and acknowledged, even though they're slammed. But you know the emailing and the mass this and the mass that it all is good in a support capacity. But I I want to personally reach out to every one of them. Oh my goodness, that is very ambitious. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm impressed. And he still has time for us today. I've got a couple of folks, you know, I've got uh, some designers that help that are as passionate about this passion project as I am that uh, that are on the phone as well. So it's it's an army, not just myself. 
Mm. Well, tell us about what some of the designers who attend, what do they love about it? And mm. what is it that you think are some of the big reasons people should, if they get this opportunity, should they come? Why should they come? And what will it do for them? You know, I, the, the best um, way to share experiences from past experiences. So I can tell you, we had our first event in September in Boston and pulled as far as Stowe, Vermont, and the Berkshires and Hartford, which may as well be New York from four hours out. Uh, and then the same, you know, in Seattle, where we pulled all of uh, all of uh, Washington State as far as Spokane, we had fly in from Denver and Boise and and all of uh, Oregon uh, and would have gotten uh, Vancouver had it not been for COVID. But the findings are it, it the easiest way to share this that I think would be the most impactful for your audience. It's like imagine having these brands that you've worked with, coveted and, and leaned on for as long as you have, as well as new brands that you haven't necessarily had that opportunity to engage. Imagine having them in your living room, being able to sit down and have the level of engagement, not just with folks representing the brand, even though they're absolutely critically necessary, but having an opportunity to understand from Andy Bray, whose dad started Vanguard, and who is the president of the company now to be able to act like you act like he's in your living room sitting down to be able to share all of that rich history and why behind the brand and how every bit of that shows up in every collection that they meticulously curate with designers that are product designers extensions of their brand but also their own product design team you know so it's that and it's zach taylor at wesley hall who's the president of wesley hall and david bell the president of palachek and ridvon who owns eastern accents and and you know, and Chris Young, who owns Left Bank Art, it's that level. These folks, these these people that have started these amazing businesses, tailored for the design trade, uh, are making the effort to come personally to engage designers one on one, really understand who they are, what they need, how they can do better for them in the field, but also share their story. So that is what this is. It's a different level of engagement and it sounds so like you know maybe a cliche or whatever but it's like a, this event's like a big warm hug between manufacturers and the design community because the designers are in awe that these owners and senior executives are going to make the effort to not only show their best product but to be there for them like when unfortunately 15 20 years ago if you didn't have a certain level of buying a representation of market you didn't even get time in the showroom so that's what this is and the big and, and the culture of this is meaningful localized regional engagement with national leader leading brands well do you think that part of the reason this is so successful is that the brands are finally really acknowledging that designers have a lot of buying power that maybe in the past they thought well how do we even get to them because it might be one firm and they might buy a million dollars of product, which doesn't seem like a lot. But if you have 13,000 designers, not that they're all million dollars, right. but um, there's a lot of buying power in the group of people that our industry is all about. So do you think that's had an impact on? I, I, I think without problem? question, it's one of the many factors. It's there's There's been a recognition of the idea said differently that designers are the best sales representatives for these brands mm -hmm. in period because they are 
the ones that have to be so intimately engaged with the homeowner after understanding the ethos and culture of that home and family, matching brands that will represent a vision that they've conveyed to that designer. And so, so 100% these manufacturers are recognizing the power of the designer in, in multiple ways that not only can they represent a different level of volume of just product distribution, but they're the best brand ambassadors out there that, that can go and tell the story that maybe only one sales representative that has to cover hundreds of miles can only tell in a limited capacity or a trade showroom that has dozens of lines can only tell in, in, in to a certain degree. So this level of engagement is absolute recognition of the power of the designer as it should be. And, uh, and that's exactly why these owners and presidents and senior executives are making the effort to come and make sure that, uh, that even, even if they get to market, um, they're so overscheduled. It's not that they don't wanna be with designers, they just are so overbooked and overscheduled. So they are making the effort to come to the region and locale to make sure that that designer can feel their brand, not just see it and come up with their own story at market scene product, um, even though that's necessary because you gotta see the whole story, even though I'm only showing a part of it. Um, so really important uh, recognition on the manufacturer's part to your question, Gail, uh, that I'm grateful you asked because these designers or, or, or there's a level of gratitude that that they're of, of that engagement and access to the brands and the leaders behind the brands. Mm. Um, you know, and then well, let's not forget that a lot of decisions are made at the junior and associate level, filtering out brand and line options before they even get to the principal's desk. So even if firms are getting to high point, they may not be able to subsidize or fund the junior and associate level designers. This event gives the whole firm a chance to be indoctrinated into the culture of these brands and feel like the brands are an extension of them even more so. So I'm, I'm thinking about how markets set up, right? Because markets always just such a big event for everybody that goes, whether you are coming as a coach and a speaker, or you're coming as a designer and you're shopping and also getting to see your friends um, or your manufacturer and you're hosting, right? And wanting to get as many people into your showroom as possible. Um, how, so as I think about market and how market's set up, how is it that you're setting up your event um, so that everybody can have this big hug and this warm feeling of education and also relationships yeah, yeah, yeah. coming out of your event? Yeah, you know, the setup of it is, you know, we intentionally, it's a, we have a, a day and three quarters of an event. We want it to be, um, you know, to not be, to not encumber the schedule and overwhelm the firms that attend, make it digestible. You can, uh, we found from, from feedback from Boston and Seattle that you can navigate a design edge floor in four, maybe five hours at the most. Um, so, so we, we have articulated the spaces in a way that designers can, the manufacturers, sorry, can show the best and, and, um, and newest collections to be able to tell that story uh, most sensitively to the designer's need. So they say, so they merchandise these spaces for A-list designers. And, um, and, and then, you know, but they're not overwhelming and it's not product heavy. It's product representative of the brand and, and the owners and senior executives there to share the brand. 
So there's the meaningful engagement right there, but we don't stop there. We have education that is at once uh, coaching through uh, through uh, designer coaches that we have in, in the industry, as well as um, programming that is done through uh, through Lux Magazine, and then programming that we use uh, in support of ASID and KBA to make this a really rich and meaningful uh, regional and local event for all of the designers that attend. So, you know, and then we don't stop there either. You know, we, we try to find, you know, like the River North Design District is a great example of localizing uh, Design Edge. And, and that is a, one of the pockets of the many in the Midwest that, that are designer focused. And so we bring them in and are very supportive of, of uh, what they have going on with their gallery walk in early September. We'll have a representation of that on the floor at Design Edge. So you can, because that they have a gallery of, of all of their showrooms that are that's open from September all the way through to, uh, to uh, October. And we'll have, we'll promote that at Design Edge because this is about supporting the regional culture of design in every region we go to. Um, Amy Carthizer is a is an amazing woman, person, designer, uh, and has an amazing team. Um, she ha she is have a, has a foundation that is as focused on design as it is on spotlighting and normalizing mental health and mental illness, where it's where where it's not necessarily culturally comfortable to talk about mental illness right now. So we've made a space for Amy Carthizer's foundation, uh, which is called Under the Same Sky, which is an amazing foundation that I would encourage you to read about. And they'll be represented at Design Edge and also have their Meet the Makers segment because she does some podcasting also. Um, so th there's this. So the, the answer in short, uh, that's the long answer. The short answer is, is really being sensitive to uh, not over over producting and over um, overwhelming designers, creating a, an opportunity for story, product, and local community and culture building, uh, and 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 an edge on education, if you will. It sounds very exciting. I was having to mute because I have a cat that likes to talk at the same time. <laughs> she had a question for you, I'm sure. Right, right. right. Yeah, she has this habit of walking in while I'm on a podcast. <laughs> they have a knack for that. I've had it myself. They do. They do. <laughs> well, it sounds like a really awesome event and something that I'm sure it's evolving as you do more of these and have the opportunity to get some feedback from some of the designers. Um, and so I'm really excited to see more about that. And we'll certainly share that in our show notes as far as which events are coming up where just in case some of our people are in that market area in particular. So would you mind if we switch gears a little bit? Because I oh, was no. so intrigued with your <laughs> answers to our podcast questions that I need to know more. <laughs> Please, I'm an open book. Yeah, I was. I love this. And I'm a big, a huge reader. And I think we may have chatted about that before. But I love your comment about the best book that you've read recently. And I'd love to know what you got out of it. It was Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Yeah, she is phenomenal uh, in, in unto herself. But, you know, I, there's a there's a lot to be said about um, how we show up for other people mm -hmm. and, and how our show up for other people is a byproduct of how we show up for ourselves. And, and so 
you know, in, in a world where protectionism seems to be a human norm because we are all hyper protect, we're animals at the end of the day and, and tend to be more protectionist. Um, we have the ability cognitively to be able to check that and to risk vulnerability, which opens a pathway to meaningful engagement. And that's what I'm all about. That's why Design Edge at the end of the day, because I wanted to create meaningful engagement, but be for the manufacturers that I've, I'm meaningful engaged with for the designers that they want to have meaningful engagement with as well. So, um, you know, her, her whole ethos is about overcoming our fears and insecurities mm -hmm. to allow ourselves to be vulnerable because yes, you're setting yourself up for a ton of pain and suffering that you can learn from about yourself, but you're also setting yourself up for the love and the openness and a, and a fulfilling life that is out there waiting for you if you are just comfortable enough to risk it and, uh, and to risk happiness instead of foreboding joy. So, you know, that's, that's, she's a, when we, when we find things that are so closely, um, that so closely connect us, uh, they become us and we make it our own. That's the beauty of experience and things that we learn. So that's Brene to me. And, uh, you know, it would be a gift to sit down in the living room with her Mm -hmm. And uh, and just you know connect meaningfully. Um, we're not all that different, regardless of what we look like, what our gender is, what our sexual preference is, what our skin color is. We're human beings, mm -hmm. and we all have a, a a need set that is built in us. Whether we buried it, whether we focus on more than others, and uh, and being able to unlock that is the key to living a fulfilling life. So. I'm always a student and will be till I'm in the grave. But, you know, thanks to folks like Brene, uh, we have community around the, the, the fearlessness of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. oh, and I love this for a man to be talking about vulnerability, because that is not a common conversation that we have with other men. So I just couldn't leave this one alone. because I'm so glad you didn't. And I want to just add my mom and sister to the call because they're the ones that I can, uh, that I can, that we can do a little heart connection with and, and that have helped me be who I am. Mm, that is so great. Yeah. And do you have boys and girls or? I do. I've got a 12 year old uh, daughter okay. and uh, 12 going on, you know, 20, like <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> 11 year old. That's almost well, I can relate. <laughs> right. Right. And a nine year old that I'm, that I'm going to honor that whole idea of vulnerability. He's just, mm, he's a boy and uh, he's just a, he, he's going to be another one to watch vulnerable male to watch that it will hopefully change the world, you know, as we all try to do every day. I love that. And the fact that you have a boy and a girl just makes me smile because I know that today that's not a common thing for a father to be having this kind of conversation. So I'm all about that and yeah. I'm really excited about it. Well, we'll have to get our um, our kids together at some type of a design event because I, I, my son is nine and my daughter is on the edge of 12 as well. So I would love that. And here's See what they had to talk about as far as design and business. Goes. This is what's funny. My daughter has been banging me over the head. Dad, when am I going to design edge and when am I going to market? Because she's got her design apps that lets you put the room together and get the grade on how the room was put together. And she's always like, what does this look like? And what can I put here? 
So it doesn't Apple doesn't, even you know, Roblox Apple right now. They they're playing these Roblox games, and I'm like, Isabel, you just built an entire mansion. This is both like, of well, I gotta go earn some more money so I can turn right. on the lights. Exactly. So I'm like, well, that'd be a good thing. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. That is so funny. Well, here's another question that um, I think this is kind of a fun one. The one about being stranded on a, a desert island. <laughs> so besides Brene Brown, who else would you have on the island with you? <laughs> you know, so it, I, I ended up, I think I wrote limited instead of unlimited in that answer. I got That's what, what I meant. <laughs> yes. And because I went back and I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't hit the submit button. Yeah, but, okay. um, you know, I, it's one of those things where. And I hate to say this, we'll probably perhaps all relate to it. It's like this youth is wasted on the young idea. Mm -hmm. And as we get older, and I'm speaking for myself, but perhaps for you guys as well, there's a hunger to know everything and to know how everything works, why everything and the story behind it. And I'm very much an etymology, why things are the way they are kind of guy. Um, because the past informs what we can expect the future to be, because at the end of the day, it's humans that are taking us from the past to the future, and we're the constant. Um, so it's, you know, that's why history is so, so important. We can tell, you know, foretell the future, essentially. Um, but, you know, so I wanted, you know, that one person, you know, I wouldn't want to rob my sister, my mom, my children, you know, selfishly of their lives, because whatever misfortune ended me up on a deserted island so i would love to have a teacher that will be that would be able to have knowledge on every subject that could teach me an unlimited amount of knowledge for the time that i'm on that island <laughs> that would be very cool i couldn't pick one person to have on that island I, you could rotate there's, there's, there's several there's several you know gandhi <laughs> would be in there probably martin luther king would be in there Several yeah. folks would be in there that uh, that that you know Brene Brown better be in there you know of course <laughs> and us too of course we want to be there <laughs> of course we'd love to have you you know yeah <laughs> we wouldn't be that deserted anymore on an island if we were all That's there okay yeah. we create our own utopia right there you go exactly yeah so well we I always was... love to venture into the future and right. what you see yourself and your business doing in the next 10 years what where do you think you'll be see it's 2022 now so in 2032 yeah 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 crazy hard to believe that um uh, yeah you know i i answered the question in in, in in i think in an interesting way at least it was felt the most right you know it's one of those where it, it's hard to to put a pin in exactly what that 10 years looks like because we're so informed by the experiences that we've had that it's hard to even imagine the experiences over the next 10 years to be able to say where I will be then. But I will, I can tell you that it, it will have to be in a place of vulnerability, of meaningful engagement, of, of authenticity, of connection that is, uh, that is, essential for all of us as just people um it, it would be awesome to be able to grow old with our home furnishings industry folk and and be able to 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 have that continuity uh and and then in turn the legacy where aaron your your uh is it a daughter that's the older yes where your daughter and my daughter are on the same design team designing for <laughs> you know for art you know homes or for the homes of whomever that lives they're enriching um but but 
you know, it, it, so it, it seems like I will be in a space where I will have used the the value of the relationships I've had over the years to continue to fulfill my life, but then open up to others that will continue to push me to be uh, the best version of myself. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm working out three or three to five times a week so that I'm hoping I'm still ambulatory and my kids aren't pushing me around in 10 years, uh, you know, and that there's a rich life with kids who've had kids, you know, that's kind of where I am. Mm, so fun. Yeah. Well, I love the answers that you've given because they're in uh, more of the emotional genre of answers versus just business. <laughs> that's and where I live. <laughs> you know, honestly, that's where we live too as a, a firm and as a company. I think that's one of the things we do differently than a lot of people mm. is that we're, we, one of our priorities is relationships and making sure that we have really great relationships with people because that's what it's all about. hundred percent. Yeah. And especially you're dealing with probably a lot of owners of businesses that are male but interacting with a lot of designers, which are predominantly female. Yes. And so having that kind of an attitude that is very open and warm and engaging and giving is, I think, such a, an anomaly. So good for you. Thank you. And look, I take that as the, as the penultimate compliment. And that is really what being on the floor at Design Edge feels like. It's it's That's fascinating great. to 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 think that you can pull people that really don't know each other that well together, but all the manufacturers have some degree of familiarity with one another. The designers certainly are familiar with the brands. So it's not an unknown. And then when you have this open-hearted ethos of, you know, myself and my team um, matched with that of the manufacturers, and then the designers are coming open-hearted just to engage, it, it's palpable. And I, I I can't wait for y'all to be able to feel and experience that when you come. But that's what this is. And uh, and and it, at the end of the day, it's not just about product, right? It's about the it's about how the product you know it, it enriches our lives and the engagement with brands that are designed to do that is you know what what the perfect gift is for that for this you know. Mm, that must be interesting, making those relationships and finding those right people that have that same view that you do about yes. the relationships. You know, it's interesting, you know, the brands that are invested in Design Edge, many of which have been with us since Boston, uh, now three shows later, you know, they, they I, I think of uh, Kevin O'Brien, Angela and Heather, Angela Vosberg and, and Heather Brand, when like literally to quote them, they their first event, they weren't with us in Boston, they were with us in, in Seattle. And they said, we think we've died and gone to trade show heaven. <laughs> and, and, and the reason they said that was it wasn't we we hadn't even had the experience of the designers there yet. We have uh we we've created a program even during move in and move out that has tried to address every need. Most times, most of the times, unfortunately, show managers focus on the attendance driving attendance and just collect the money from the manufacturers, but the manufacturer's experience isn't as managed necessarily. That I'm, I'm trying to be the unshow in that way and recognize and value these owners and senior executives that are taking time out of their lives to come across the country and be with these design communities. 
but we're hustling and, you know, and during setup, but I've got setup crews that are an extension of that heart filled, you know, how can I take care of you kind of um, culture. So they feel taken care of the designers that come feel rewarded by the experience they have with the owners and senior executives. And that's, that is what this thing is designed to be. Mm, so fun. Yeah. Well, can I throw you another curveball? Any, any, please. <laughs> My mitt's wide open. i the mound here. <laughs> I know, I know. It was kind of fun to throw these. Oh, no, maybe this is a softball, but maybe not. But this is more industry related. And sure. it's a problem that, uh, and this is a conversation I've had with several designers this week. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people listening on this call are having the same experience and problem. And maybe you've got a brilliant idea or solution for this uh, problem, and that is freight damage that is Mm. happening in the industry. And I was just talking to people that were saying the business is so crazy busy that supposedly people are inspecting things at the receivers and they, they charge us for it, but it gets to the house and it's damaged. Wow. And so it happens literally on almost every shipment. So yeah. it's gotten to the point now that um, they can't do what we used to do, Aaron and I and some of the others, is to inspect it at the receivers before it got to the house so that we could see that it was okay before it left. So we knew where the damage came from. And so today the designers are just beside themselves are spending so much time on solving that major issue of the damage to all the goods. So I'm bringing it up, not for you to give us an answer today, but to maybe take that back to your manufacturers and say, what can we as an industry do to help solve this problem? Because it is creating havoc, especially with the supply chain problems. Everything's delayed 10 months, 12 months, 15 months. And then you get it and it's broken. Exactly. You know, it, it has been like we... Uh, that word unprecedented is probably overused, but it is such an appropriate word for the reality that we've been in for the last two years. You know, from from the COVID shortages, you know, I, I remember in Boston, we did our Boston event in September and Zach Taylor was, you know, 100% like open-hearted and sensitive about this as he was sharing. We were talking about um, lead times which is not specifically what you talked about, but I'll certainly honor the, the question about breakage. Um, but they're all kind of intertwined and I'll share it in this way. He's like, you know, they, he was getting asked the question and it was a very open exchange. It wasn't a finger pointing with the culture of design edge I've shared with you. So it was a very open hearted exchange. Um, and, uh, and Robin Gannon, I think was the one uh, in Boston that had asked uh, about lead times and what can be done because you think you got a lead time, you think you manage your customer's expectations and it shifts and then it shifts again and shifts again. He's like, I completely get it and I completely feel where you're coming from and we feel hyper limited in our ability to control because there are 13 different suppliers that go of materials that go into the fabrication of one of our couches, one of our sofas. And if any of those have a shut down a covid factory shutdown or their material or they can't source materials or the copper doesn't get to them or whatever happens and in 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 these unprecedented times where people are over 
buying, underbuying, and trying to to one step ahead the supply chain. There's no way the the only answer ends up falling on the intimacy of the relationship between the designer and the homeowner saying we have a we think we have a pan we know we have a pandemic medically we have a pandemic from a supply chain standpoint also and the only way that we're going to be able to deal with this is together because i can't go to three other suppliers and get a different answer they may be a week here a week there a little bit better but for the most part we're all in this same insane reality together and we've got to get through it and what ended up happening was first you had backup and you couldn't get product because of covid mm -hmm. so then when when the when the when the floodgates began to trickle open the manufacturers like kicked them open to or to over order so now you've got product in some cases with these leading manufacturers that they don't even have room to put in their warehouse, much less inspect and try to get out of the out of the door as fast as they can. So they are like just trying to keep their heads above water to get product out. So the best thing that can be done. And so as a result, things will slip through the cracks that will end up being breakage at the homeowners, at the receiver, and ultimately, you know, at, at, for the homeowner. So the only thing that can be done is for a, 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 a hypervigilance of tolerance mm -hmm. and communication with the designers to the, to the homeowners and, and, and for the manufacturers, this is the to do with the manufacturers, to have that system in place that can give the real time update to the designers so they're not left in a lurch waiting in you know in in purgatory for in the dark for answers mm -hmm. and that's kind of you know and it's no there's no there's no silver lining there's no wand waving there's nothing that we can do besides get through the supply chain backlog uh and and dealing with the service issues on a on an order by order basis so what are some ways that you see that designer and manufacturers are aside from going to the design edge event <laughs> um, right. that are you know having that equal intimate relationship as the designer has with the homeowner with the designer so that you know they are on the same page and they do have an understanding of what's going on and they understand what's happening at the order because i know i've heard a lot of designers talk about like you know there's just so many hours in a day that you can put someone on to find the exact same answer out that was the same answer that was on monday right yeah, the only the only thing that comes to mind are in a in you know are certain brands that I'm engaged with that they are part of Design Edge, but that are creating full customer service teams exclusively for design for the design community. That's smart. And and it, you know they can do everything from track it from order placement all the way through to fulfillment to receiver to homeowner to quality control you know quality check. It's that is one thing that is uh that it you know is a priority that it has been missing because it just has fallen into the queue of all the other customer service orders kind of idea over time um I, I know that that there are several manufacturers that are that are have either completed that effort and have that team in place or are working hyper focused on creating that kind of um idea because at the end of the day it's communication you got product, you order it, and then what happens between the time you order it and the time it hits the customer's doorstep? 
and 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 in being hyper dialed in. You know, I've got a great uh, logistics partner, AIT Worldwide, that is that has a last mile service, and I'm not, you know, this isn't, a, you know, an advertorial for them, but but it, it's it's it is a, a statement of we need to have the manufacturers and all of their partners, i.e., the shippers and the logistics folks, everyone engaged in managing the designer's brand at the end of the day is what we're talking about so that a designer can tell a homeowner something and actually not be left in the lurch because they're the ones holding the bag if it doesn't happen right so so managing the expectations managing the designer's brand ultimately is going to be a byproduct of all parties that touch and involve being in constant communication or at the, at the click of a button away from being able to inform their homeowner, and that is what is we, we socialize through through Design Edge in our edge leading education, but uh, a hyper focus for many manufacturers. So the answer, Gail, is they've got to say it. They've got to everybody that you're hearing has to tell the manufacturers exactly what they're dealing with, not in a finger pointing way, in a how can we work together to solve this kind of way. Mm, I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. So you've been generous with your time and we want to be respectful of that, but we want to hear from you what three things would be that you would suggest as takeaways from today's session. Um, suggest as takeaways for your audience? For the audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you for that opportunity. Um, you know, I think that the biggest takeaway or the biggest three would be the industry's changing manufacturers one of the one of the takeaways the manufacturers recognize differently than they ever have the plight of the designer and their in in the in the mission that they're trying to accomplish with the level of engagement they have with the homeowner and are looking for collaborative partnership on how to get their backs and be part of their culture be part of their of their brand be an extension of them and as a support system to them that's vastly different than it was just 15 20 years ago mm -hmm. and so the mandate the directive to your audience of designers is to feel that be encouraged by that but then to channel a little bit of Brene Brown <laughs> be vulnerable enough and self-confident enough to know that they are a necessary part of the manufacturer's solution by doing one key thing, so verbalizing and socializing their needs in a with a conviction that that manufacturer is not wasting their time. They want to hear it and they need to hear it. And that in the vein of being part of the solution, if you don't say something, you're part of the problem. But if you do, you're trying, you can at least be try to be part of the solution. Every designer has an obligation to share not only where the manufacturer is, is being supportive and knocking it out of the park for them, but as much, if not more, where they need to help be more efficient and more effective. Because that designer is not alone in where that manufacturer may be falling down and they just want to get better. So the first, the you know, the cliff notes of that first is be part of the solution and share passionately with the manufacturer, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, and how they can be better for you because you want to work with them more effectively. So that's the first. 
The second is as inundated and overwhelmed as you know you are and as you can't find you know the minutes to get out there it is really important to stay engaged with the manufacturers in a in a in a you know through through you know whether you can make high point market a priority which would be ideal because you get to see everything but certainly a a a program where there are products at your disposal right in your backyard like a design edge because you want to be up to speed on what is happening the industry's changing the styles are are always evolving and um and your customers at the end of the day want to feel like they have unique one of a kinds when they're using your service um so the it's pretty amazing uh creations and and uh pretty inspirational products that manufacturers are coming out with all the time so stay engaged and find the time to honor your own self by getting out there even though there doesn't seem to be time and going and uh, getting uncomfortable and, and finding the time to, to find product. Um, you know, I think uh, the third would be the, the um, need for community, especially more now than ever. You know, in the after in the aftermath that we're not really on the on the complete other side of with, you know, with COVID cases, you know, still raging in, in parts of the country, even though there are therapies out there community building safe responsible community building is huge we've got an industry of artists and and, and creatives um, that are providing a service to homeowners that they can't provide themselves uh, with exceptional product that's out in the industry but operating in a vacuum is always difficult when you don't have a community of peers to be able to lean on and and to push you to be your best self so get out there and figure out how to do it in a safe and responsible way uh, so that you can be your best self for your for your clients that are relying on you to create their life, you know, a, a meaningful reality around their lives and in the most intimate spaces in their life. Um, I think that's kind of it. I mean, I just, that was just off the cuff. You just wrap that right up with a bow. I love it. <laughs> That was great. Yes, we appreciate that, Lee, and appreciate your insights today. Yeah, well, listen, it's been a gift to be invited into your, your lives and your audience's lives. So I, I look forward to more of this. Sounds fabulous. We hope you learned a lot from our conversation with Lee and that you're interested in the industry events that he organizes. Design Edge is a highly curated trade-only event featuring the best home furnishing brands in North America. The first event of its kind, Design Edge, brings leading designer-centric manufacturers to premium markets throughout the country to connect with the region's designers and tastemakers. Design Edge closes the gap between manufacturer capability and designer awareness. Through executive level access, the best brands in the industry share their product collections, designer programs, and versatility in meeting the scale and scope of project demands. The next Design Edge event is September 21st through 22nd in Chicago. Check it out at designedgeco.com. Tune in next time for the final episode of this season, where Gail and myself bring all the ideas from this season together. You won't want to miss it.